0: Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates on today's show. I have a very special guest, a returning guest. This will be our third episode we've done together. His name is Carl Hassel. Last name is spelled H-A-S-S-E-L-L. Our first interview was about the Peyote Way Church. Really interesting. I'll put a link to that show in this show. And then last time we talked, we talked about kind of the counterculture, New Age deception of the 60s, a lot of the artwork, symbolism, meanings behind the dead, things like that. But today, this is going to be part two of that same kind of series with the Dead and some other bands as well. But uh, he's going to talk more about that. And you can see the slides here if you're live watching it. You can watch it on Rockfin. I haven't been censored on Rockfin yet. But uh, I don't think anybody's been censored on Rockfin, which is nice to know. So you can check it out on Rockfin. And uh, I'm glad to have Carl back. So Carl, Hassel, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It means a lot. Hello, everybody. Cool. So for people who may not
0: have heard our peyote way or our last show, maybe you can just do a retread. I know that you were interested in the dead and kind of were involved in that counterculture. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then kind of uh, all the research, you probably absorbed a lot of that uh, information when you were younger. But, uh, maybe you could just talk about a little bit about your background, please.
1: Um, well, I first saw the Grateful Dead at Winterland. It was October of 1978. They had just gotten back from Egypt. I was basically dragged there under threat of violence. There was a whole bunch of us and a New York deadhead that used to live in back of us. We lived by the Ashby Bart station in Berkeley. But uh, this guy dragged, he was a foaming at the mouth deadhead and said, you guys got to go. I got a whole roll of tickets. You're all going, you know. So we went. I didn't like it at all. I absolutely hated it. And I didn't see them again for two years until 1980. And then that's when the click the switch clicked. And between 1980 and I guess about 19 well about 2014 i saw them well over 100 times in their different incarnations the actual grateful dead though i saw about 85 times in 1982 i went on tour and did about 35 shows in the year of 1982 and i only quit because i was bitten by mosquitoes from my toenails to my eyebrows I i couldn't (laughs) have my home (laughs) wow
0: so like you kind of were you've couldn't take any basically threw in the towel but that's a oh, lot yeah. of shows right how many when yeah. they do a tour they really are one of the more serious traveling oh yeah it's, a grind. Time, right? it's yeah. a grind it's a um, grind it's got to be a grind for them too
1: yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah it sure is you yeah, know it was a lot of fun i had a lot of fun i was basically on paid vacation from work i quit with an open-ended thing i was working for family so they weren't happy with me at all and i remember um in 1982, my stepfather said, you can't go running around the country following a bunch of fucking musicians. And I said, this might be it, though. They're getting old. And that was in 1982. Right. They pretty <laughs> much toured.
0: There's, I mean, I don't know if they're still, still touring now, but yeah, they just really were. Phil yeah, Lesh were... still
1: does it. Bob Weir's still out there. And Dead and Company are supposed to do their last tour this year. Of course, yeah. they want to make sure you're vaccinated and everything before you come in wow
0: so uh so yeah i mean and they're really kind of like in their genre i mean I guess i guess fish would be the follow-on band in their yeah. genre they were really the top of that Yep. well if, if
1: it wasn't for the dead there would be no fish no string cheese incident probably no max creek and even local bands where i grew up a robberos they were a huge grateful dead almond brothers cover band and they're still out there cranking it out back east interesting
0: how would you define the Dead's music? Was it be modern folk, modern rock? It's it's really on own
1: genre, right? Yeah, I I couldn't define it. They they play rock, blues, Appalachian, uh, psychedelic jazz, okay. different formats of jazz. They've done atonal a tonal music a couple of the members. Yeah, I couldn't define it. They're really a just really
0: first-rate A-level musicians, right? You know, oh, they're excellent
1: you musicians, that. absolutely. Billy Christman, without Mickey Hart perching over his shoulder, Billy Christman is one of the finest underrated drummers you'll ever want to hear. And Phil Lesh is a fabulous bass player. He was my favorite throughout the, my whole dead fascination. I love Phil Lesh. If it was a general admission, i try to get in front of Phil as close as I could. And consequently, a few years ago, I ended up working on YouTube with a, uh, one of his nephews, and we did some work together and some research that we shared with Steve Ohtram and some of those guys, when they did the 50th anniversary fall, flower Flower power show, that big four-hour extravaganza. Matt and I, Phil Lesh's nephew, we contributed a lot of material right up to showtime for those guys. Uh, yeah, that was pretty weird. <laughs> right, so they go from the 60s to the present. I mean, that's
0: uh, half a century uh it's pretty remarkable for any really any band i guess a lot of bands are going on longer yeah and they've
1: only lost a keyboard player you know they went through six keyboard players and then jerry that was kind of a weird position to be in if you were a keyboard player for the dead i would imagine (laughs)
0: it's kind of like uh the
1: drummer for
0: spinal tap or something yeah (laughs) (laughs) like you don't want that position you don't want to turn into a big green globule or whatever um (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I think that they grew up in Northern California. And our last conversation, like, I really is impressed about their kind of intellectual proclivities. Like, they're very curious uh, thinkers and absorbing a lot of real ideas, like uh, cultural ideas. I, I didn't get that uh, sense from just seeing and listening to their music or seeing their band. Like, they're very savvy. I think they're smart, smart people. So they have a lot of kind of esoteric. A cult kind of uh, ideas in their in their imagery, music, oh yeah, uh, lyrics too, right? And even
1: the name itself, Grateful Dead. You could do all kinds of things with that in your head. Yeah, right. Kind of like a dead. Like, uh, was it
0: the Book of the Dead? You know, that was kind of uh, was a known book in the '60s. People
1: were reading that, Leary and, yeah, what that and then, things like that. The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, I think, was the other one. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance mm-hmm. were real big back then.
0: So you sent, a, you sent me a couple tranches of pictures and emails and things like that. If people are watching, this is the first one, Smash the Nuclear Family. Do you want to just kind of go through that? Yeah. And, okay. I was I was
1: researching Berkeley communes, and that came up. That was part of a Berkeley commune, and this was back in the days when I didn't file things. Most of my stuff is not alphabetical, and it doesn't have titles. I was only for my own edification and amusement. But uh, this obviously is the first plank of one of the planks of communism. Communism is to smash the nuclear family, so we can slide on if you want. I just thought that'd it's be really kind of
0: the basic. It's Luciferianism too. Yeah, just and it all links kind, to the next poster. It will yeah, link and, to the
1: next poster.
0: Yeah, every every We're one of the, one. the <laughs> worst kind of ideologies <laughs> and uh, you know political movements always want to go after the family. They want the kids taken away. Uh, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. Here.
1: And there's the San Francisco Oracle introducing esoteric beliefs and Eastern philosophy.
0: Right. Yeah. So there's the Oracle wings, all that stuff. Wow.
1: There's another one. This is a benefit for the percussionist, Ali Akbar. And again, you could see Eastern philosophy, esoteric thought in the uh different symbols there. Right. And so you have all the kind
0: of famous kind of uh retail shops in in the Bay Area, Record City, City yep. Lights Books. That's Frank Ferlinghetti, Tide Bookstore, Sausalito. You got all that stuff in there.
1: I don't know some of those names. College of Music. Now here, this ties in with that first picture about Smash the Nuclear Family. This is a Grateful Dead concert being uh, uh, advertised. And if you look on the tombstones, it says Mother and God. That's real cute.
0: Here today, Gone Tomorrow, Holy Cow. Family. So that everything's buried. Mother, God, family. Wow.
1: wow. Yeah, you, know, you see it in a different light when you get out of that lifestyle. Yeah, so. wow. So I'm really advocating for that. Now, here's another advertisement at the Fillmore West. That looks like hell. I mean, it looks like a depiction of hell. It's an inferno, and there's burned up skulls and agonizing faces in there. You know, I, I see an inferno. So, you know. Yeah,
0: me too. A lot of the yeah, skulls kind of sinister looking.
1: This is the 13th floor elevators. They were a psychedelic band out of Austin, Texas. They started in 1965, but by 67, they totally went psychedelic. Uh, The last official acid test was in Austin, Texas, 1967, put on by a friend of Kesey, Marty Murtaugh, I think his name is. But uh, there's one of their pictures. They constantly used that motif just Dozens and dozens and dozens of different variations of that. That's one of their posters there. Again, at the Avalon Ballroom, run by Phil Graham, Bill Graham, just like the Fillmore and just like Winterland. Another right. So, Graham. Bill
0: Graham is around. He's the producer for a lot of these bands, um, promoting and made a lot of money, too. He was very wealthy. But this is, uh, you see the eye in the triangle here, the eye on top of the pyramid. Right. So.
1: This There's one's really something Uh-oh. else. Here. Dance Macabre, and you see a couple of demon-looking things there, and of course it's the Grateful Dead and Country Joe McDonald.
0: Right. Well, that's the head of uh, the Baphomet, you can tell, because uh, it's got that center kind of cross motif that comes right out of Baphomet. So that's yeah, uh, very There sensible. you go. Yeah, yeah.
1: And these are all just more Scarab beetle images that I didn't include on our last show. They're, you know, everything. I'll talk more as we see more, but you could flash by these pretty quick. They were just there's a I don't know if that's a demon or a devil Santa Claus, but I thought that was pretty weird, so I threw that one in. I had not seen that one before, or if I see, I didn't know the Grateful Dead.
0: I didn't know the Grateful Dead played with Steve Miller Band and Moby Grape.
1: Yeah, they did a lot of shows with Steve Miller Band in the original. The original it used to be the Steve Miller Blues Band. Well, there he is. I'm sorry. There you go.
0: (laughs) It's right there. There's more journey. Journey,
1: scarab. There we go again. Captured. Journey. Scarab. Now here's our boy, Alistair Crowley, advertising country Joe and the fish.
0: That's him. I just posted that picture within the last week or two, too. That's from um, his rights of Eleusis, right? So we talked about that before, right? Didn't uh, the dead, uh, Reference that, so it's pretty remarkable that they would have that specific picture, whether it's intentional or not.
1: Wow. There's Yarma uh, Kalkanen from the Jefferson Airplane and Hot Tuna. This was taken from his website in the 2000s. I met Yarma and partied with him back in the mid-'80s. I dropped the right kind of names, and his roadie brought me upstairs, and we had it was, it was a fun time. I got to shake hands and chat with him. A local, the local band, Arabaros, I knew their percussion player. They opened for Yarma that night. He played Cleveland all the time. He was in Cleveland. But if you, this is from the two thousands, he's doing the OK sign. Now go ahead to the next one. There he is in nineteen sixty seven, at the beginning of his career. That's his book. Right.
0: He hasn't changed. There's the oh, intro by that's Grace that's Slick. That. The afterword by Jack Cassidy, right? So he was a that's very cool guy. He
1: was fun. It's not the Here same we, as
0: Neil Cassidy, I guess.
1: No, no. Here Jefferson we go again Jefferson Airplane, Grateful Dead, no Jefferson Airplane Quicksilver Messenger Service, and Santana, who we're going to talk about in a little while. And again, you know, it's, it's just not happy images. <laughs> right.
0: There's Stanley Mouse. So that's the guy he's who's, who's drawing all of he's these. He's one of two.
1: Right? Yeah, the other guy is uh, Rick Griffin. And there's a cube symbolism. That's the airplane house. Is that in San Francisco somewhere? Yeah, they don't live there anymore, of course. They, you know, they all have their own gigs. But that's when they first they painted it all black. That was from the 60s. Do you know where in San Francisco that is? Is that in the Haight? I think it was on Fulton Street. Fulton. It was right off the Panhandle. I'm pretty sure it was Fulton Street. Interesting. Can you send meant- me this preface? Yeah. Yeah, this was the preface I was stumbling around on our last thing trying to describe. What I'd like to know is who put the ad out and where was it for quote mind expansion, the experimental life laboratory, blah 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 blah. Now Jerry has a quoted there. I don't think it's a metaphor to a certain extent. It you know, to a certain extent it is a metaphor, but what ad was that? Where was that placed? Yeah, Tavistock, CIA, uh Stanford Research Institute would be a real good guess.
0: Well, can you read that? Can you read the uh, the first paragraph? Because that's what people would yes. want to hear. Uh, like
1: this. I can do it. Back in 1965, some of my friends and I answered a cosmic want ad for mind expansion. The Experimental Life Laboratory, continual musical education, socio-pharmacological musicological musicological adventures and weird and wonderful trips. That's the forward by Jerry Garcia in the Book of the Deadheads. Excuse my list. I have an awful list.
0: But then it says the response produced the Grateful Dead. So they answered something and there was that's how the band started according to this statement. Yeah. Incredibly it turned out there were lots of other people in the world who answered the same ad. They became the deadheads. All of us yeah. have a special relationship to the music, which in turn behaves at F- as if it has a mind of its own. Now, then he talks he, about the,
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Well, he talks about the human being, right? So the next yeah. thing is around the time of the human being, be in, when we were the neighborhood band, the acid band, someone came up to me after the show and said, I remember you. You were at music school with me in heaven. That cracked Damn me man. up.
1: Yeah. Um, he has this first paragraph. He's played around a little bit here in the, uh, Grateful Dead newsletter, it used to say, who are you, where are you, how are you? And people would answer and say, oh, we're deadheads, we like your music. So he kind of juxtaposed or jammed things together there. It's kind of, I... yeah. <laughs> but I think
0: it also shows the 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 focus of the band is really on their followers, too. They try to create an environment where they're fused together, the band and the listeners, right? Yeah. Instead of like, oh, yeah, we're done, bye. Instead You know, like
1: and what's a interesting, a bunch particle. of Freemasons, Scottish Rite Freemasons, showed up at several of the acid tests, hmm. and you can find this in Grateful Dead literature, and you got, you can also find it in a, I want to say, uh, what's the guy, David Livingston's book.
0: Oh, right, David Livingston, it's, uh, which one, 3,000 years? In one, one, of, 3, his bo- years,
1: in one of his books, I read three of his books, in one of his books, he's talking about the 60s and 70s. And he has a citation for Scottish Rite Freemasons that popped in and out of the acid test just to see what the scene was about. You know, they came in and looked and said, wow, weird and left.
0: Was it Ordo Abcao? I think that's the one that's yes, that's, yeah. that's the phrase. Uh, we can cruise yeah. along. But it is interesting, too, because he mentions the Book of the Dead heads, right? So they're playing off the Book of the Dead. Very, very important kind of cultural marker for the 60s, I would say.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about that in their first album because they had the artwork changed. Now here again, this is, I'm using this as a citation that uh, it says down here, Rick Griffin was interested in mystical symbology and study various kinds of things, including Masonic symbology. And I shared the other, in the other show, I shared the other citation that confirmed that it was Masonic esoteric. So this is the second one. Interesting. So so you see right there, it's in all the artwork. Right, it's all there. So this and is it, it, uh, it, holding the uh, the torch of uh, Prometheus or whatever? Yep. We, uh, you could go by these quickly if you wanted to. Okay. Let's go back. Over here. And then now this? here, uh, this is called the Hieroglyphics Wall. I sent you a whole separate link for that. It's by a photographer named Herbie Green. He's still around. He's still photographing. But in 1966, he photographed several bands and personalities in front of this wall. And in some of the shots, he will see a stereo beetle carefully placed next to the personalities.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, you can see the hieroglyphics on the
0: back wall right there.
1: Yeah, some of the pictures are really good and some are a little bit fuzzier. Now, here's one with Jerry. These were all done in 1966, by the way. You could just cruise right by these. Interesting. are I mean, Bill Graham.
0: Bill Graham, that's right.
1: 1966, here he is again. Hi, Bill. Here's Jerry and Phil. Now here's Marty Balin from the airplane. And if you look right here, you see the scarab beetle. And Grace Jesus. is in the exact same position when you see Grace Slick when you get in. up. There's uh, Danny Rifkin and Rock Scully from The Grateful Dead. There's Grace. Jesus. And right here is the scarab beetle. Oh, I don't know why... Life. And this is Steve Miller. This was a uh, from his 1982 or 3 tour. Um, I've got a story about this tour, and I, well, a friend of mine stole the entire truck with all the memorabilia, doodads, posters, and T-shirts, and they all had this on it.
0: That's, well, you that's actually... You,
1: ...right now, too, so I'm not going to say your name, you asshole.
0: You can find this exact same abracadabra... Symbol in one of Crowley's magical books. I yep, think it's uh, absolutely. Uh, I just saw it yesterday impression.
1: on the show, you guys did.
0: Yeah. So, and it's like it's 11 letter word, too, right? Abracadabra. One, two, three, four, five, six. I never six, counted seven, them, one, but yeah, yeah, it's 11 there here. Is. Palindrome, too. They like palindromes. I don't know if that's really a so true palindrome. We have another but. San
1: Francisco band, The Dead, The Airplane, Steve Miller, and Country Joe with this esoteric Egyptian Masonic symmetry. And here's the original. It's on the it's on the archives now. Finally, the the dead book, not edited. And there's the site for Courtney Nan, and the Boys of the Bohemian Club. This was not included in subsequent editions, hmm. editions, along with a couple of chapters and many pictures. They were not put in the other editions. So there it is. It's by Hank
0: Harrison, right? So he was the manager at one point. I think he passed away in the last couple of years. Yeah, we we talked
1: briefly about him, too, in the last show.
0: That's right. Ed interviewed him a number of times. Uh, Ed Operman close with him, yeah, closer.
1: Now, this is Todd Rundgren. The other images I wasn't allowed to take. It wouldn't let me do transfer them. But Todd Rundgren was touring with this going on quite a bit and a close-up of the Sphinx Head in his concerts. So, again, we have Egyptian symbolism. These guys the are fascinated triangle. with. Right. You have those golden triangle at the very yeah, top. Yeah, even the capstone, too, is de- de- delineated Excuse yeah. me, differently. Capstone, yeah. Here again, another Rick Griffin. Now, not only do we have the wing disc, but we have an ankh, and we've got the eye. But down here, we have what looks like testes and a womb.
0: Right. You've got the two pillars of the... Uh, Mountains you've got the lightning bolt. You got a lot of stuff going on there the
1: antler horns Now I was trying to get you this image yesterday, (laughs) and I couldn't get it fast enough I was trying to send it to you live while you were with the guys yesterday. I don't know if you had seen it But I've seen that
0: before. Yes, I definitely have a picture of that. That's another picture of something else that's
1: and This was uh two separate issues of I guess the Oracle. I think it was the Oracle But on the back page was the Grateful Dead's first album and then Kenneth Anger. And, you know, this is just loaded. You got the Masonic Pillars, 666, the Stairwell, the Eye. The Eye of
0: Horus. Yeah, it's all there.
1: The Fallen Angel. Same kind of motif that Led Zeppelin uses, right? And, of course, he's connected to Bobby Boussole, who opened for the Dead several times. We talked about that in the last show. So for everybody that may not have seen that show. We it was his band bikes. was what the magical magical powerhouse was. Of of yeah, and he recorded that album ten miles from my house. I wasn't living here then, but I've been here almost twenty five years. But he recorded that at the Tracy prison when it was maximum security, and then it was minimum security since we've been here. It's just five miles away. I could show it on hmm. Google Maps, but uh, now it's closed. They evacuated it because of COVID. Oh, wow. But that Bobby Boosley recorded that five miles from my home, literally. And here again, we have the scarab beetle. It's highlighted so you can see the details in there. Right. Yes, love that beetle. Now, here is 1967. And again, we're introducing Krishna now. <clears throat> and one of the guys on the bill is Swami Bhaktivedanta. That was the Prabhupada himself. That was the guy that started the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Consciousness. Wow.
0: So all the Hare Krishna people can be traced back to him, huh? Hare Hare Hare! Wow, There's a big Krishna.
1: Yeah, they had a temple just off Telegraph Avenue on Ashby.
0: They have a big one here in LA off of uh, Venice Boulevard. Really big one. You can get you can get like a very reasonably priced vegetarian meal there. So they they have people come in and do that, but you see all the bald heads and you know Indian garb or whatever it would be. But yeah, yeah there's Steph the grateful dead,
1: Alan Ginsberg, too. <sighs> all right, next one. There's Phil doing an okay sign. That's Phil Lesh, right? Yes, sir. And there's Phil again doing the one eye and an okay sign. And
0: he's got for it those all conspiracy minded people.
1: Now here Sorry. we have Phil doing the Osiris Rising. Right.
0: On his back, right?
1: Yeah, he's on his back. It's called Osiris Rising.
0: Is that, is he a confirmed Mason or any of these guys confirmed or initiates in anything? Do you know? Phil comes from a
1: dynamic, dynamic, a Masonic dynasty. I'm sorry, a hmm. Masonic awesome. dynasty. That was confirmed by the researcher, Joseph Atwill and also by Matt, uh, Phil's nephew. Hmm. We did a lot of things together, and he said his family was all Masons going back, including Makes Uncle sense. Phil. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Here again, we got Steve with another San Francisco brand with the Scarab Beetle. You know what's funny, too? There's Tucker Carlson and Jerry. I threw that in there for a gas. He did write a book called Ship of Fools, which is a beloved Grateful Dead song. I read it when it came out. I liked it, but I don't care for Tucker anymore. But I thought this would be for shits and giggles. There he is with Jerry. Somewhere, I'd say that's about 86 or 87, the way Jerry looks. Interesting.
0: What was he doing with him? We just been uh, following. Oh, he, he was
1: a massive deadhead. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Didn't know that. And here's goofball Bob Weir in a bunny outfit.
0: So he wrote a book about the dead called "Ship of Fools," or that's just... yes,
1: yes, that was the name of the book. That was his first book. He's come out with one since then. I didn't think it was necessary to show the picture of me holding the book because I've been I'm in other forums and I show the books that I'm reading at the time. So I got a whole bunch of cool. shit in my files. Here's Bobby again at Saturday Night Live back in the 70s, wearing his rabbit ears. This Not is uh, Hell in a Bucket, baby, right? Uh, yeah, this is from the music video, Hell in a Bucket. And uh, at one point in the video, the whole audience is devils. And Billy is singing like Elvis Presley, like an evil devil Elvis Presley to the grout. It, and they all have little pitchforks. It's pretty wild. The, the group, everybody could look that up or do it themselves, whatever. But uh now, there's Blues for Allah. That was one of their albums. Wow.
0: Right, so there he is, the uh,
1: Pied Piper or whatever kind of Spatial motif. old right? imagery there. Yeah. Now, here is the Grateful Piata. It's actually called the Grateful Piata, mimicking Michelangelo's piata. Or Pieta. Right. You know, I, even when I was an agnostic and an atheist, I would have thought that went too far. And I'm a Christian now, and that's just... Uh, it's a bit it's a bit
0: blasphemous, right? None of these guys really ever profess to being Christians, right? They're like kind of neo-pagans or
1: something or Mason. Yeah, Bob's been a, Bob's been a, uh, sci- or not a Scientologist. No, a uh Christian scientist, you know, Christian scientist, it, interesting at different times, I guess. But yeah. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now they this is another must. symbol. This is one of their albums, and if you hold it upside down, this right here says ugly rumors. And there's a dumb story behind it, but I won't get into it now. But there's another hidden message in a mirror that says ugly rumors.
0: Interesting. Is that a real
1: hotel, Gina? It used to be, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, David Bowie has the um, video of Gene Genie. He's in front of the Mars Hotel. There's a brief, real quick, it was, they demolished it at one point. It's not there anymore. It was a fleabag hotel in San Francisco. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, you can see it in real film in the, the video Gene Genie.
0: Yes, there really, really was a Mars Hotel in San Francisco, it says here online. So it's yes, got to be true.
1: It's got to be true. Wild. Now, yeah, here's you know. my favorite. This was one of their albums. And we'll start at the top because it's loaded. You've got the wing disc, a couple of asps. Then you have a sun symbol that looks like an egg being fertilized by sperma, spermazoa. We come down farther and the skull and crossbones is absolutely phallic. And then we come down here and we have the beetle.
0: <laughs> there it is again, the beetle and the mushroom.
1: And we right. have testes and the womb again. Oh, wow. And even a birth here. Now, when we this is the fun part, William. When you take the top of the letters, it says we ate the acid. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs>
0: yes. That's wild.
1: You know, very clever, very clever. And this is uh, one of their albums, "The American Beauty." And if you look down here, you could also see it says "Reality." You could see "Beauty" or "Reality." This is just a very psychedelic album from the first side, side one, from 1968. are yeah. introducing again esoteric themes. It almost looks like some kind of Hindu god, Hindu mm-hmm. god kind of Yeah, theme, yeah. Yes. Now, this is the first album. Up here, it used to say, in the land of the dark, the ship of the sun is driven by the Grateful Dead. But Jerry thought it was too pretentious, and he didn't want the fans thinking that they sat around reading the Egyptian Egyptian Book of the Dead. So he had the artist scuff it up a little bit, and then it's printed in block letters on the back of the album.
0: Even though they did
1: read the Egyptian Book (laughs) of the Dead. right? Right. That's funny, huh? Now, here is uh, the back cover of a live album called Live Dead. And you see it says D-E-A-D. But if you look at the top of it, it says Acid.
0: Interesting. So they're doing it. Yeah, they're putting it in those secret kind of things. I like the 11. So they've got the 11 number. I didn't know that. Dark Star. What's yeah, what's the
1: tempo? 11 is an instrumental jam in 11 time. The tempo is in 11. That's why it's named the eleven.
0: Well, it's also the the number of magic, Crowley's prime
1: number. It's all that stuff. I didn't know. I didn't
0: know they I had thought, thought that, thought that
1: gets thing. connected, right?
0: <laughs>
1: I, now here it. Random, man. I threw this in at the last minute. You know, I'm seeing stories everywhere of people that don't want to work and they want a, <laughs> uh, income, basic income. My son's company can't find somebody to hire for nothing. So I see like the working man's dead. Interesting. It's kind of a weird after. So process.
0: they can't find the people to hire because people don't want to work or there's nobody who's able to work. Do you know what the difference is that? As
1: far as my co- son's company, they have both. Oh, interesting. They're spoiled brats that don't want to do anything.
0: Interesting. So the working man. dead. it. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. I mean, they say, I can't tell. They say a lot of people have joined the uh, disability roles. But also that there's just a whole new generation that got soft off of COVID. They don't want to go back and do any sweating and stuff.
1: You have you have the Santana package, don't you? Oh, shoot. I should.
0: I thought I had it on here. Did I forget
1: it? I think it was in part two. Okay. Scarab images, blah, blah, blah. Some of us Santana.
0: Okay. Let me just go check. I'll go get it out. I don't know. I thought I put it up on there. Let me go find it. Santana, uh, I'm
1: sure it was 2A. I
0: thought I think you have 2A scarab imagery. I remember seeing it, so I do have it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of essential. Otherwise, I could just explain it and then people could go find the link. No,
0: no, I'll find it. Let me find Uh, it. It's under do you remember the title of it? Would you say when you sent it? I thought it was
1: scarab beetle images, etc.
0: Scarab, Beetle. And and I'm movies.
1: sure it was part two, because part one had the flesh stuff in it. Well, I could discuss, I could talk then. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Carlos Santana is completely and totally occultic. I used to like his music. I don't anymore. You know, it goes without saying. But uh, some of his titles are Sacred Fire, Spirits Dancing in the Flesh, Shaman, Supernatural, Beyond Appearances, Blessings and Miracles, Black Magic Woman, Soul Sacrifice. Uh, he also prays to a god named Metatron. He talks incessantly about Metatron and says that Metatron gave him a message that he needs to reunite musicians together. All one has to do is type in Santana Metatron and there'll be multiple links. And he even wrote a song that you can find on YouTube called Metatron. But I mean, he's like way out there, man. Praise to the that's, God named Metatron.
0: Yeah, Metatron was supposed to be one of, like, the great angels in heaven was Metatron. So that's used to be what it what it was referencing. I don't know.
1: And I had some great links I there where he sees it, it calling other musicians to join him. But, yeah, uh, the crowd can type in Santana Metatron and find out all about it. There's tons of information. Okay, I found it. Oh, cool. Okay. Let's see. I, I included a couple of his album covers. They're all completely trippy.
0: So, the Metatron, did you send me actual pictures of that? Because I don't see those.
1: No, I just shared links of links, him talking okay. about it and then some okay. pictures of his album Okay, al- a couple that's of cool. his I'm going to pull
0: that up. That's why I couldn't find the pictures. I was looking for the picture of something that didn't exist. All right, let's do that. Metatron, present, share screen. So there's the there's the song Metatron, Shapeshifter, right? That's pretty yeah, cool. That's from the Shapeshifter album. Wow, so that's Metatron. And then there's the Archangel Metatron. Archangel Metatron told Santana to collab with pop stars.
1: Wow. And, of course, he won, what, 12 Grammys? Since he started right. subscribing to this guy just bizarre and we have not carlos
0: anymore i'm not bound to dna anymore
1: wow. okay dude i, I believe you <laughs> metatron
0: head. is the architect of physical life supernatural album that's right he did a supernatural album rob thomas lauren hill CeeLo green dave matthews everlasting eric clapton wow. santana credits humanity's birthplace and metatron for his life and
1: sound and hey, he won, what, 12 Grammys?
0: <laughs> Must have won wondered what you
1: really had to do to get it in a dark room somewhere. Who knows?
0: Supernatural sold more than 27 million copies and won nine Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year. Wow. But don't credit Santana or Davis, credit Metatron, the biblical angel some believe is the person who stopped Abraham from sacrificing his child. People think I'm crazy, but I don't care. They say, you say you speak to Metatron and the Virgin of Guadalupe. How can you say that? And I say, how can you believe in God and not be able to speak with him? You speak to him, but he can't speak to you? What kind of relationship is that? That's fantasy. Interesting.
1: Yeah, Santana. Another, another San Francisco band way out there. I included Herb Green's link so people could see his work.
0: Right, it's all...
1: Egyptian stuff too, right? Yeah, he was the guy that came up with the Egyptian wall and the hieroglyphic wall, as he calls it. I actually, I emailed him, and I haven't got an answer yet. Just yesterday, I asked him where he got the inspiration for that hieroglyphics wall, what the origin of that was. So I hope he gets back to me. Probably. It's all dead people too, right? No, he's, Herbie Green is alive.
0: He's alive, right? There's
1: Brent Midland. I shook his hand in 1982. That was one of the Grateful Dead keyboard players, right? The other dude, but uh, that was fun. There's Phil. Yeah, so before his liver, before his new liver,
0: <laughs> he got a new liver. Phil yeah, lost it.
1: Yeah, he had a liver transplant probably twenty years ago. Like Too much that. drinking. There's Brent. I, I shook his hand in 1982 at Red Rocks. So he was walking through the crowd slap jerry on the back once coming out of a stage door (laughs) interesting oh gosh Herbie green
0: herb green do you have anything else you want to add Uh, i mean anything else i mean you just kind of shows that okay these guys are rooted in the esoteric type stuff um
1: in the 1980s bob weir started changing the words to trucking every now and then and instead of singing living on reds vitamin c and cocaine He was singing, ever since she went and had a sex change, ever since she had a frontal lobotomy, and living on crack, vitamin C, and cocaine. He really screamed out the word crack. Now, I only had 13 examples I showed. I used to have more, but I smashed up my entire tape collection with a fire axe back around 2014 and threw my stereo away when I finally had enough of all this fucking bullshit. And I had thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of Grateful Dead, Allman Brothers and Frank Zappa concerts. A lot of it was soundboards. I I know people that were able to get me soundboards, but smashed it all up with a fire axe. So the reason, Bob, what I'm getting at is Bobby changed the words to trucking. And in the 80s, we had a massive crack and cocaine epidemic. And in the 90s, we started seeing people thinking they're the opposite sex. And now it's all the rage and it's everywhere. Now, could this have been the result of neuro-linguistic and subliminal programming by people that were at those shows and then started feeding their kids soy and a generation or two later, look at what we got? It was just kind of a weird thing that all of a sudden he's singing about sex changes from 1982 to 1987 that I can locate. So It wouldn't surprise
0: me. I think that there's tons of agendas that have been playing through the occult and masonry and things like that. Inplanting so those ideas and memetics and all
1: that stuff. I, I put the show in there, the, 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 the thing, so all a deadhead would have to, or anybody has to do, is go to the Internet Archives, to the Grateful Dead, and then look at the show that I listed, and go right to where I timestamp it. And you'll hear it for yourself.
0: Interesting.
1: So that was a weird aside that, you know, spaced me out when I was doing some of this stuff, putting these things together. Now, in 1965, William, in 1966 the concerts that were advertised, excuse me, would say dance concert or uh, dance party. And by late 67, they completely stopped that. And it was just the band with the motif. But it's interesting because right up to early, to about May of 67, they said dance concert or dance party. And I didn't put any examples up. If anybody wants to pin me on that, that's fine. I'll send it to them or, you know, they could look themselves, but, So that was interesting. You know, once they had people wired in, it's like, okay, piss on the dance party. It's like, here we go. Now, you know, there's going to be a drug party here. You know, music supplied by the maniacs. Uh, Mickey Hart has his own brand of cannabis. He sells cannabis products now, and so do both of Jerry's daughters called Garcia's Choice. So they've gotten into the legal drug business.
0: I'm not surprised, (laughs) but nothing surprises me. Wow. Um, can You're I do a the next
1: gravy story? Yes. Um, this is really goofy, but I toured in 1982, like I said, and I had been taking way too much LSD and drinking. Well, by Frost Amphitheater in October of 82, I was real close to the stage and I was tripping real hard and I flipped out pretty bad. I basically ran across everybody's head to get the hell out of there. And I was hiding under a bush... And Wavy Gravy pulled me out with Calico, and they played Ring Around the Rosie with me with a bunch of kids. The Grateful dad's kids, you know, Wavy Gravy used to babysit them all the time. So they kind of snapped me out of it there. And it's the only good thing I have to say about Wavy Gravy. Him and Calico saved my ass. And all you deadheads out there, you know who Calico is. And some of you had dealings with her, and she was pretty far out. Pretty far out. Yeah,
0: I've never heard that name, Calica. This is her right here.
1: Yeah, she's a legend, man. I, I met her in 1982 when I first toured. And uh, like oh, I said, in October, her and Gravy saved my ass from <laughs> going to the psych ward.
0: So she passed she away. Eh? A couple
1: of years ago, my, I introduced my son to her at Bill Graham Civic back around 2010 or 14 or something. We went up there and saw further a whole bunch of times. Right. Yeah, she was. She's gone. It was Bill now, Walton.
0: Bill Walton's playing something. He must play it. Music.
1: Yeah, and I will share some private pictures of you with that dude. I'll that send guy, them to yeah. you.
0: Yeah, he's a notorious deadhead. That's no secret.
1: And. Oh,
0: wait do you see his dirty. furniture? <laughs>
1: wow.
0: Basketball plays plays well. Pays well. <laughs> well, he played. I think he played as a professional for some
1: time. Yeah, was he was uh, what Portland Trailblazers or something. I don't know.
0: Bill Walton has seen The Grateful Dead 850 times. Wow! He
1: in his long barn. He has a long barn at his place in San Diego, and all the deads, the Rhythm Devils, have all their old equipment there. It's completely packed with percussion instruments and drums and shit. That's where Mickey and Billy have a lot of their stuff stored. Is in uh, Walton's long barn. Wow!
0: I'm the human being that I am today because of The Grateful Dead. Wow.
1: Tallest human being at any show, it's like, there he is. <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah, was he 6'10", seven, seven tall?
1: Giant. I'm 6'3 when I stand up straight, and he's like way up there. Yeah, he was a great player. UCLA, right? Yeah, his knees are shot now. He uses a, a wheelchair or a, crutches a lot. There's yeah. him with Bob Weir. Yeah, old buddy. Yeah, small world. Small um, world. You know, there, there's been talk about the power of the Grateful Dead's music, and um, that is true. It's extremely powerful. And I know that myself and many Deadheads really identify with some of these songs, like Touch of Grey, Eyes of the World, Estimated Prophet, Jack Straw, Box of Rain, Ripple, I Know You Rider," Friend of the Devil, Lost Sailor and Sane of Circumstance. Those are a few t- songs that people absolutely lose their mind over when the band plays them live. I appreciate it. Thanks for
0: doing the research and putting all
1: those pictures together. Where can people no reach problem. out to you? you
0: know, i got to tell you, it's
1: really you? weird for me to have to supply links and shit. We've got stuff that I've known for 35 and 40 years, so I kind of feel weird about sharing links. But as usual, I'm on Facebook or Twitter at Carl Hassel at 4 number four please come find four. Me. carl has the two
0: s's two l's right carl yep. Hassel for at twitter so people can reach out to you but like you it is interesting because there's a lot of stuff i know i take for granted but other people don't know you know so sometimes like the stuff that you're really familiar with i don't know it i don't know much about the dead
1: i i'd so. love to hook up with other ex deadheads we could really do some collaborating man and do something good with a really nice yeah. presentation. Anyway, uh, thanks, right, Carl. everybody, for your time. And thank you, William. Yeah, thank I, thank you. you, sir. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. See you there.